and welcome to Sassy Nation on this Tuesday, the first Tuesday of the new year, January 4th, 2022. It's going to take me a while to write 2022, as I still think we're in 2021. <laughs> I mean, remember that like when you were in school and you went back to school after the new year and you had to, you know, write the date on your paperwork? or on your test, or wherever you had to write it, you would always write the previous year. It would take me about like a week and a half before on my papers, I would have the correct date. And even when I had to write out checks, back in the day when we did write checks. Um, anyhow, anywho, so let's go through week 17. Okay, oh, so much fun. So much fun, fun, fun. What a fun week. Um, not really. I'm just being, you know, sarcastic. Um, <clears throat> so here, here are all the games. Let's just go. So week 16, um, yeah. Um, week 17 and 18. So, the Giants look ridiculous. They look like their coach has no freaking clue what the hell he's doing. Um, I don't even know. I even wa I watched like about literally three minutes and I had to turn it off. That's how bad it is. That's how bad they are. Um, the Bears won twenty nine to three. I mean, there's really nothing really. I mean, to say. Um, you know, I mean, the only good part of the Giants. Um, but other than that, that's all we did. Uh, you know, Lennon threw for two, two interceptions. He was four for 11, okay, for 24 yards. Four for 11 in the entire game. Four for 11 with 24 yards and two interceptions. Holy crap. That's terrible. Um, but it was more of a rushing game than it was obviously a passing game. You had two receivers that passed with 12 yards. Um, you had Hill that one reception for 12, Ingram one for 12. Um, but other than that, holy crap. Um, other teams, well, on defense, they got, they did get two interceptions on defense and other teams. So, I mean, the defense was not bad for the Cowboys, but holy crap. Holy, holy crap. They, whoever would say that the Giants look worse than the Jets? Just think of that. Because here in New York, football stinks. But the Giants are worse than the Jets. How is that freaking ass possible? Okay, so you have that. Um, the Patriots got another 50 <clears throat> on the Jaguars, um, 50 to 10. And on the sidelines, you saw uh, Mac Jones and Bill Belichick share some sort of laugh. Bill Belichick laughs? <laughs> like, I've never seen him do that ever. On the sidelines, he never, ever 
ever did that with Tom Brady. I don't ever remember him laughing on the sidelines with his quarterback. Um, but I mean, that game, we had Max Jones, 22 for 30, 227 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Okay. Um, yeah, Porter came in, but he did. He got a touchdown finally, so he broke that. He broke that silence. He was 17 for 27, 193 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. So here's my thing if everybody claims that Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent, why is he playing very, very poorly? And I don't want to hear excuses. Well, he's on the worst team possible. And the organization sucks and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Now, the offensive line sucks. Yes, which holds back the success of a quarterback. That's without a doubt. But to the guys who want to argue with me that there's a difference between good quarterbacks and bad quarterbacks, and it doesn't matter about the offensive line, and a good quarterback can overcome a bad offensive line if he is a gener generational talent, why does he suck? So don't tell me that a good quarterback can overcome a bad offensive line. If he is a generational talent, he should be able to come over. He should be able to overcome everything. Two touchdowns and two interceptions. So to all those people that think Sam Darnold's the only one that throws interceptions, and you all know who you are because you all have to constantly tell me about it. Um, look at that. Other quarterbacks throw them too. And Brady threw one on Sunday too. How was Odell Beckham doing in that game? So he threw an interception at the goal line. And Odell Buck Beckham tries to punch the defensive guy who got who has the ball. Because it was he wasn't don't tell me he was trying to punch the ball out. Okay. He was not clearly he was not trying to do that because the, the punch was nowhere near the ball. It was like in the air. I don't know what the hell he was doing. But what was he doing? Why were you doing that? Odell Beckham. Five receptions, 39 yards, one touchdown. Cooper Cup. Six receptions, 75 yards, one TD. Okay. Um, rushing. Mitchell. 19 carries, 74 yards, one TD. Just in case you weren't leaving. Um, help me. 20 for 32, 197 yards, no TDs, one interception. And then you have, um, so that was that game. Just go into each game. All right, here we go. Bears and Jets, which was, a really good game to watch. 
If you didn't get to pass it, you missed a good thing because that's really, really hard to this game. So for all of you dumb assholes out there who are Jets fans who think that the team tanked and the team was tanking the past couple of years for draft picks and they should be tanking this year to move themselves up in the draft, um, isn't it clear as day that players don't tank and that players want to win? No matter what their record is, they still want to win and they still want to go out there and be competitive because they put on a good show. Let's go through everything. Jack, Jack Wilson, 19 for 33, 234 yards, one TD, no interception. Players. Ty Johnson had a good game. Um, Michael Carter had a good game against the Jets. And he was in concussion protocol the whole game. Um, rushing. Braxton Berrios. Two carries, 12 yards, one TD. Ty Johnson. Five carries, 35 yards, one TD. Braxton Berrios. Receiving. Eight, eight receptions, 55 yards, one TD. Um, who else had a good of the interception. He got the ball um, autographed and some fans were like, you know, all over him. Relax. First of all, he just intercepted Tom Brady. Okay. That ball is worth a lot. Not just money, but worth a lot to him professionally. I would get the balls autographed too. Okay. So, and then we'll click on the deep back. Um, they have no touchdowns. Oh, they have one touchdown. Uh, I'm not going to So Tom Brady, 34 for 50, 410 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Then you had um, his longtime tight end, who I said to you in previous, in previous podcasts. This is why having an, an elite tight end helps a quarterback. Because Rob Kowski, seven receptions, only seven, 115 yards. He had the ball, the ball in there. And that's the tight end, by the way. Mike Evans, fourth reception, 57 yards, one TD. Um, Great game. Reception, 81 yards, one TD. Great. Cameron Great. Two receptions, five yards for one TD. Defense. Um, Nelson had a sack. He sacked um, Wilson once. Wilson was sacked one time. But I mean, let's just be real about how he played, though. And everybody's making a big deal of it. First of all, first of all, there were some really good throws by Zach. And they were in the pocket. So I will say the offensive line blocked a little bit better for him. But they still need to worry about building up the offensive line for Zach in the offseason. He can't, he can't continue having 2.5 seconds at most to throw the ball. He needs at least 4.5. Five at best to throw the ball and execute the play. 
but there are some um there's one particular throw and i'll have to take um snapshots of it and then post it up on instagram of one of his best throws and the offensive line actually doing their job and blocking for him but now let's talk about berrios because all the jets fans are stupid now i understand berrios is talented berrios has speed i see i see it I, i'm not stupid i see it but to me he's not a wide receiver four or a wide receiver five he's a special teams specialist he's a special teams guy he's good for punts and kickoff returns that's what he that's where he does i think that's where he does the best job why would you want to spend money on him in the off season when you have so many other holes on this team to fill especially building up the offensive line and getting zach wilson actual receivers crowder's gone let's face it crowder's gone and he's hurt again and he's not playing corey davis he's lost without aj brown he's not he's not good he's not a wide receiver one elijah moore can be a wide receiver two or three so you still have to get him two more good wide receivers a tight end who is the tight end on this team who you still need a tight end that's where you have to fix all your problems and a little bit on the defense as well i mean the defense is not totally horrible they've had moments where they look really bad but they're not horrible on defense but in order for zach to be successful you need to fix the offensive line and get him and get him some real legit receivers that means hello woody johnson and joe douglas you need to spend money and not be so freaking ass cheap Now, we'll talk about the other part of the game that everybody else is talking about in a minute. Um, what was I going to say now? I forgot. But anyhow, that's what they have to do. And I will tell you this. They look better than the Giants. The Giants have a long way to go. The Giants need to get an offensive line. The Giants need to get a tight end. They need another running back because you can't rely that Barkley is going to be healthy, unfortunately. And their defense stinks. I mean, it stinks. Their defense, they need to really rebuild their whole entire defensive line. Their defensive line and their offensive line, they really need to work on those. And I mean, the receivers on the Giants are not terrible, but they need some, they need some legit receivers. And then I think Daniel Jones will be okay. He's a okay quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. Now I'm not gonna say even that Zach's gonna be an elite quarterback. I think Zach can be a great quarterback if given the proper tools. So it all relies on them spending money. Jets and Giants. Okay. So <laughs> Antonio Brown. He is so unmentally, unmentally, he's so unstable mentally. He's mentally unstable. Lord have mercy. I pray for him. 
because he needs legit help. Here's my question. Did any team like ever see the signs that he has been giving you, the red flags that he's been putting out there? Especially Tampa Bay Buccaneers from last year. He's do you not if you see red flags that a guy is not mentally stable, isn't your best bet to not just release him and kick him off the team, but make him get help? Because what does kicking him off the team do for him? Mentally, it doesn't do anything for him. Now, do I think he deserves to be on the team from a professional standpoint? No, because he gave up on his team and he walked off the field. But from a mental standpoint, how good are you helping him? Then you have, of course, Le'Veon Bell, another idiot, with his Instagram comments underneath Antonio Brown's stupid, stupid post. Mad, you know, whatever he wrote. And uh, Le'Veon Bell writing, I don't care what people say out Really? You don't care about your teammate who is mentally unstable and looks and sees that he's mentally unstable? First of all, Antonio Brown said he was injured. You didn't look injured to me running in the end zone shirtless. Your ankle looked perfectly fine running like running around like a lunatic. Literally, that's what he looked like. Now, I'm not making fun of him by calling him a lunatic and saying he's mentally unstable. But my Lord have mercy. Uh, maybe he needs anger management instead. Now, anger management, you know, a lot of players need to go to anger management if you think about it. Um... Maybe that would help him, because he had he had an angry. He had he was very angry on the sideline, with the coaching staff. The coaches tried to get him to go into the game. He refused, and then he said he was injured and didn't want to go back in. Then everybody else on line is saying, "Oh well, they didn't want to put him in because they didn't want to give him the money." Uh, he's been play. You know, he would have played the other three games that he was suspended for if he didn't have a stupid fake COVID vaccination card. So that was on him, not the coaching staff. It's his responsibility. He needs to be accountable, not the coaching staff. He needs to be accountable for his own actions. So this is the problem with some NFL players. They're never accountable for their actions. It's always the coach's fault, this other player's fault, this other teammate's fault, this guy's fault, that person's fault, the media's fault, this person's fault. They never are accountable for themselves. You need to be accountable for yourselves. And then you have college players pulling themselves out of bowl games. Wonder why? Oh, because their role models are NFL professional players who only show that they care about money. They don't care about the game. They don't care about being a role model. They don't care about how they look and take accountability and be responsible. No, you have players who only post about and care about money and materialistic things. And you wonder why college players then pull themselves out? Now, I know you're gonna get, there's a chance of getting hurt. And people are going to say, well, you know, they wanted to preserve their bodies and they wanted to make sure that they're going to be a higher pick. Who, first of all, you shouldn't care about that. 
you should not care about where you're going to get picked in the draft. Because in reality, it doesn't matter if you're picked in the first round or the sixth round, if you're picked in the second round or the last round, it doesn't matter. It makes no difference. Goodness gracious. Okay. So, of course, then we have Sam Darnold to talk about. Um, so, there are legit fans out there of the Panthers who don't want to see him succeed. They are afraid of him being successful. Because if you seriously think that Cam Newton could survive out there too with the horrendous offensive line, and the lack of receivers, and there's no tight end, okay? There's no tight end for any quarterback on the Panthers to throw to, really, like a legit tight end. And the offensive line is terrible. They're horrendous. And you think putting Cam out there was going to get you the victory on Sunday? You're stupid. You're legitly freaking stupid. I think Sam played a very good game under the conditions that he was thrown. Um, I mean, if you look at it, I will tell you just how many, just how many, um, let me look, wait, I'm going to get my stupid thing up. Okay, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's look. We'll go to that in a minute. There's this thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Four twenty-five games. Okay. So Sam was seventeen for twenty-six, a hundred and thirty-two yards, and he had that one interception that he was pressured on, and that he threw the ball. But again, am I gonna am I gonna blame him for that interception? I don't know. But if you look at when he threw that, how many seconds he had in the pocket to throw it, the offensive line has to take some responsibility for that one. Seven sacks. All responsibility of the offensive line. The offensive line should be accountable for all those seven sacks. Because that just shows you how horrendous the offensive line is protecting him. No quarterback, not even Cam Newton back there, could thrive under those conditions. That's why I keep saying the most important position on a football team is the offensive line. Because the more protection a quarterback gets, 
the better chance that quarterback has to execute the play and be successful with that play. How horrible is it? beat the Chiefs. They win their division. What can you say about Joe Burrow? He broke my brother off his like three so Now that pick of uh, taking Burrow for your real quarterback was a really good pick. Uh, thank you. Yeah. 30 for 39. 446 yards. Four touchdowns. Zero interceptions. But let's go back. Who does he throw to? And who does he trust? Who does he know? Jamar Chase. I think that was the best pick in the draft this past year from all the teams, minus the quarterback. I think the Bengals won the draft because they picked out, they picked Jamar Chase, who Joe Burrow is very familiar with and comfortable with and trusts. And knows he's going to catch the ball and make play. That's how important trust is between the receivers and the quarterback. So you can't just throw a receiver out there if the quarterback doesn't trust the receiver. Hence, why maybe everybody on the Panthers and the Panthers fan base is like, well, how come Sam doesn't throw that much to Robbie Anderson? Plus, he don't trust him to catch the ball. He drops it. Why would I want to continue to throw to a receiver who's going to constantly keep dropping the ball and not making a play? Three touchdowns. So two out of the four that Joe Burrow throws is to Chase. The other one was Boyd. I'm telling you, I'm not even going to So, I was No homes. So, we can see this guy. We can see him. He's back there. No one will touch him. Uh, let's look at the other games. Yeah, you have the Texas Dolphins. You have the Raiders beat the Titans. You have the Eagles beat Washington. You have the Chargers beat Broncos. You have the Eagles beat Texans. Seattle finally beat the Lions. Get the one to 21. We have the Cardinals beat the Cowboys, and then we have the Packers beat the Vikings, and the Steelers beat the Browns. I'm telling you now, Aaron Rodgers is winning the Super Bowl. The Green Bay Packers are going to the Super Bowl. They are going to win. And then Aaron Rodgers is going to retire. Big Ben has done it. You can point out from last night that he was done. The way that he was walking on the field, and the way he was waving to the fans, and the way that he was, you know, he did his um, thank you tour around the fan around the stadium and high five fans and stuff. He's definitely done. 
Um, he's definitely fine. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Next week, if we can get into the winning pool, damn bad. The Bills and Patriots are tied for first place. The Bills play the Jets. That, we'll see. That's going to be a competitive game. I will tell you that. The Jets have a ruin thing for the Bills. Think about that. Um, and then I will tell you, the Jets are four and twelve. I predicted that they were going to win four to five games last year. That was this year during the summer. Didn't I say that? I know I said that. You can look at some of my old podcasts where I predict what everybody's record is going to be. I predicted that the Jets will be five and thirteen or. Oh, uh, either five and twelve or four and thirteen. So they're right where I told you they were. Um, okay. Okay. So here, this is here. Okay. Answer. So Titans are in the first. They they um they get home field. They will get in the second. That's what happens. Are eleven and five. They're in the Titans will play the Dolphins. So we'll see. And the Chiefs play the Bengals. Again, eleven and seventeen. Sorry. We don't we don't know. We don't know. The Bills, the eleven Bengals in third. The Bills are in fourth. The Patriots are in fifth. But the Chiefs they'll lose. The Patriots will take the Um Basically, and the Cowboys take on on um maybe some space. And and then Eagles. I don't know. We'll see. Which the audience thought was it? I was the captain for the Cowboys and the the Cowboys and the Eagles. Behind Boy Niners. And Saints. I'm gonna say this. If the Saints win the Cowboys lose on that game, I don't know who I'm going to pick for that. Who would I pick? The Eagles? I mean, the 49ers have not been good. The Eagles have been a surprise. They're good. I would see that. The Eagles and the point. I'm going to go with the 49ers for this one. So I'm going to tell you this. The Patriots are going to win the division. I really seriously think the Jets are going to beat the Bills on Sunday. I think they're going to win. They're going to spoil, they're going to be the spoilers and they're going to spoil things for the Bills. And then, okay. And you have all of the teams that are winning right now. Okay. So we'll see what happens. You, as we usual, I need to finish my drink. Okay. The social media stuff. Okay. So on Instagram, on my Instagram, I'm Chelsea Girl PR7. I have every day so far this year, and for 100, 100 days, that's what I'm gonna do. This is my my post for the next 100 days. So now I have three days done. I'm posting you social media tips for 2020 because social media is going to be totally different, totally different than you think it is now. So the first one I posted were post at least two 
new stories every day on Instagram. Two new stories. That's it. Just two. Y'all have to, I don't understand when people post like 20 to 30 stories. I don't look at all your stories. Nobody is going to swipe all the way through all your stories. They're going to miss the end ones because if you put too many stories in there, no one is going to care about your stories. So post two, two a day. Inspire someone. People want to be inspired online. Post something that's going to inspire them. Three. Spend time creating meaningful content. Just don't post content for the sake of posting content. That's the stupidest thing I, I, I see on social media all the time is that people just post shit. Don't post stuff if it doesn't mean anything. Meaningful content. Okay. That's that one. Next one I posted. It's called social media. Be social. Hello, Athletes, hello, professional football players and hockey players and basketball players and baseball players. Hello, knock on wood. Are you home? Stop being antisocial with fans who are supportive. If fans are supporting the shit out of you, say thank you. Ignore the haters and the trolls. Don't pay any attention to them. That's what they want. Haters and trolls are just looking for attention. Don't give in to them. And I'll talk about them in a minute. But it's called it's called social media. If people take the time to respond to you, respond back. Or just all you have to do to give a response is like their comment. You know the little heart that's right there? Click it. Like it. Thank them. That's how you thank them. Not that hard, right? Um, and then if you can't be kind, keep scrolling. Okay. If you have nothing to say that is positive, then just keep scrolling. Every post doesn't need your opinion on it. I'll say that again. Every post doesn't need your opinion on it. Stop being a troll and a hater. Now, I'm going to tell everybody this. If you're going to be a troll and you're going to troll me, you're going to stalk what I write, you're going to stalk what I post, fine, do that. I don't care. Kudos to you. But if you're going to write hateful things on my, on my posts, if you're going to be negative and troll, it's going to get deleted and so are you. 2022, I'm, I'm, my energy isn't going to be used for that. Now, if you want to get into a, an actual conversation with me, sure, go right ahead. But I'm not going to get into an argument with you online. It's not happening. Think before you post and comment. You can make your stories posts by repurposing the content. If you don't know how to do that, hit, hit me up and I will tell you how to do that. And then when I posted yesterday, social media is all about visuals, okay? Photos and videos are the things that tell your story, so make it worth telling. Your video and your, and your posts and your photos, make it worth telling. Podcasts and blogs are hot right now. If you don't know how to do a podcast, if you don't know how to do a blog, if you have to have, if you need tips, let me know. I will help you. They are key tools of the trade for marketing in 2022. And three, influencers are part of branding and leverage and leveraging your engagement. Okay. But don't pay an influencer based on followers. This is the stupidest shit that people do. Well, look, they have 22,000 followers. 
and you know and then oh and then you know 500 people like their post who cares likes and followers don't matter in the world of influencers what matters are clicks conversions clicks to websites clicks to wherever you want them to go and views of videos if you get have a, if you have a video that that goes viral that's the most important thing because that puts you on the map because you have so many views and by the way for reels it's 10,000 10,000 views and has to reach 10,000 people in order for it to go viral FYI to all those people because I have my cheerleaders who think they go viral <laughs> like every time when they have like 5,000 views I'm like no honey you need 5,000 more I will put my top three and on Fridays, if you subscribe to this podcast, you will get exclusive social media content. So I will tell you what's happening with Instagram. That's the first one because Instagram is going to be the place to go for your branding, for your brand, um, for whatever you're doing in 2022, you need to go on Instagram. I will give exclusive content to my subscribers. Besides, you're also going to get the recordings of a fangirl, hashtag sarcasm, and that is going to be awesome starting next week. That's starting next week. Um, anyhow, okay. Also on my Sassy Girl PR7 Instagram account, I'm doing a cheer documentary um, called, um, you know, The Coach's Life. From a coaching perspective, I can tell you episode two is going to be great because we have... We have, um, now I wouldn't say chaos. We have a challenge coming up this week. So it's a very challenging week for us. So pay attention to look for that dropping very soon. Um, I'm working on a football project. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but just know I'm working on it. And this Friday, I will give you a preview all the recordings of a fangirl hashtag strikeasm because i'm going to start giving you some bonus i'm going to put a podcast together of um the bonus coverage of my of my best-selling book relationship impossible so which is the follow-up to hello love where's cupid the second edition if people are interested so there you go so that basically wraps it up so um, the Sassy Show, which is presented by Rockland World Radio, I will do probably on Thursday this week. Friday looks a little chaotic, so I can't do it on my usual day Fridays. Um, Friday is going to be a chaotic day. Um, so I think I'll do it Thursday afternoon at some point. I don't know what time yet. So look for my social media, look on Twitter for the time. I'll post it on Twitter. So I am posting exclusive videos and documentaries this year. So, and they'll be posted on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And then sometimes I do take things and move it like the first couple episodes and I'll try to um, put them on all three of them. But on Twitter, it's kind of hard because if I have it to music, I can't use the music on Twitter because I mean, Twitter's stupid. They're still far behind all the other apps where that's concerned. 
Um, and they're really, they're really some really good documentaries um, and videos and, and content. So stay tuned to that. So we'll see what happens for the playoff picture for the NFL. Um, and I just want to brag for a second. You know, why not? <laughs> Rangers, the New York Rangers are in first place in their division. They're 22, 8, and 4. 22, 8, 6, and 8. They have 48 points. They have a three game winning streak. They just won again last night. The Capitals are second, Hurricane Bird third, Penguin Game four. And then there's the Devils and the Islanders, the lowly Devils and Islanders. At the end, at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So there you go. I'm just going to brag. Who are the best? The Rangers are in first place in the standings right now. And it's the bottom them. And they look remarkable. Um, so, you know, they won last night, they the three-point performance by Rob Reinstone. Yes, the Rangers should re-sign him. Yes, he needs to stay with his team. Um, and then, and then RJ was in that, with an awesome outstanding performance by him last night. That was remarkable. Um, it's just, it's The Winter Classic game. I love the Winter Classic when they play outside. They played in the coldest game ever. It was really awesome to watch that game, but it was it was awesome to see the St. Louis Blues come to that game in beach wear. It was like six below zero, and they're <laughs> they're wearing shorts and flip flops. I thought that was hysterical. Well played, well 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 played. That was great. So, I mean, see, hockey's awesome, too. So, if people want to know, so my favorite, like, I have to, like, people tell me, well, what are your favorite sports? Obviously, football's number one. Hockey is number two. Basketball is three. And baseball is four. Why is baseball four? Well, I can get into that some other time. But I, I can't watch baseball as much anymore. It has become so boring. And then these new rules and them trying to make it more exciting. Just leave it alone. Leave baseball alone. See, baseball was fun to watch, you know, about like, you know, 10 years ago, 10, five years ago, between five and 10 years ago. But they've tried to change it to make, to appeal to millennials and appeal to the young people. No, leave it alone. Stop changing the rules. We don't need a runner on second in extra innings. If the game goes freaking 19 innings, it's a classic. We don't need the pitcher to have to stay in there to play to, to um, face three batters because we, God forbid, we make pitching changes every five seconds. Let the game be played the way that it was intended to be played. And then it won't be boring. It's boring now. It's stupid. 
I don't like watching it anymore, really. Um, and in person is the best. The baseball games that I like to go to are the Rock and Boulders games. That's my local um, baseball team here. They're awesome to watch. It's so much fun there. My niece and nephew have like a ball there. There's a playground in there for them. There's miniature golf in there. They have this little train that goes around the whole stadium. It's not expensive to park. It's not expensive to buy tickets. And it's not expensive to buy food at the concession stands. That's also like why baseball is, they're, they're, they're pricing themselves out. I mean, yeah, it's, it's expensive to go to a football game and a hockey game and a basketball game, but not that bad as compared to baseball. Just, just a little couple things to think about. I mean, you know, A, football is an exciting game. There's constant action in football games. Hockey, same thing. Constant action in, in football. Basketball, I can sit there and watch. I used to coach it, so, you know, obviously I love it. Um... I can, you can watch it. Even on TV, you can watch basketball. Baseball, I don't know. Then you have to have the announcers are, are constantly talking the whole game, talking about things I don't really care about. You know, they're trying to be personable, which is fine. Every once in a while, it's it's fine to hear somebody talk about personal stuff, but it, it's stupid. It just baseball's boring on TV. Then we got to go to a commercial break. Like, there's so many commercial breaks. Then we got to go to another commercial break. Up, uh, up, uh, another commercial break. Like, I would for once love to see a baseball game where they're having a pitching change and we don't go to commercial break and we actually watch what's happening during the game. Like, sometimes in basketball, there's a timeout. They don't go to commercial break. You're watching the coach coach them. You're watching what's happening. So it's almost like you're there. Same with hockey. And same with football. Like, there are commercial breaks, but they don't take 1,500 of them. Baseball, there's like 1,500 commercial breaks. Just something to think about. And that wraps it up. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all Thursday on my Facebook live stream, on my Facebook page. And if not, I'll post it up on my YouTube channel, and I will talk to you on Friday. Have a good rest of the week.